thank God for Bitcoin podcast is brought to you by IRS Guard Dog. IRS Guard Dog is a tax monitoring service that alerts you to existing and even prospective problems that arise with your IRS account. I spoke with Clinton Donnelly, the CEO of IRS Guard Dog, the other day, and he shared about a recent client that they had helped who hadn't paid his taxes in six years. I'm sure none of our TGFB listeners could ever fathom getting in that kind of situation, but he was, and he needed help getting up to date. So they took a look at his account, and through their service, were able to see that the IRS was preparing to audit him. He brought all his paperwork to Clinton and his team, filed six years of tax returns within a couple months, and checked his account a short while later to find that the IRS had actually reversed the decision to audit him, which saved him and his business thousands of dollars in legal fees and a ton of time. IRS Guard Dog offers four service tiers, ranging from as little as $12 a month up to $249 a month for full active monitoring, consultation, fix, audit defense, and audit appeal. Clinton is a former pastor and was also one of our presenting sponsors at the Thank God for Bitcoin conference in Miami uh, this past year. Go ahead over to irsguarddog.com and use promo code TGFB. You can find out more there and let them know that you found them via us. That does a, a lot to help support us as a business and ensure that we can continue to make podcasts like this going forward in the future. Dan Sherman, welcome to the Thank God for Bitcoin podcast. Thanks for having me, Jordan. It's great to see you, man. Uh, Man, why don't you just kind of introduce yourself uh, for people who might not know who you are? Sure. Yeah, I'd love to. Yeah, my name's Dan. Um, I uh, I live uh, just outside of Toronto in Canada, and uh, um, married. have uh, have three wonderful young kids. Um, I've been uh, a Christian for most of my life. Um, was uh, was led to to Christ through my parents at a, a young age. Um, so Christianity has been deeply entrenched in in my life. Um, I work. For uh, a nonprofit, uh, maybe some of your listeners would, be, listeners would be familiar with the organization Crew, uh, formerly known as Campus Crusade for Christ. I work for uh, what's called Power to Change, which is the uh, Canadian arm of Crew. And uh, so my direct role is called the uh, National Field Strategies Director. So I help oversee all of our student ministries across the country. Uh, I oversee um, a department uh, includes about a hundred staff and um, 2,500 to 3,000 students um, that are involved with us across Canada. And uh, yeah, it's a bit of a bio, love mountain biking, avid uh, hockey watcher and, and player. I don't know if many of you listeners play hockey. But, I'm, um, I'm sure there's a few love strange souls out there who are like, no, I'm just kidding. Who, who? <laughs> strange. Yeah, I know you're a basketball yeah, guy, yeah. right? I'm, so. thinking, I'm thinking of Brandon Gentili. Uh, I'm thinking of oh yeah that's right Brandon former pro hockey player I'm thinking he's like he played like what semi pro I think he England. played pro oh. I think he I think he went went pro um, oh did he did he go yeah pro? okay and then actually we're uh, wow we're actually in we're actually working on getting some uh, TGFB custom uh, hodler official uh, baseball jerseys made and the guy who's behind that project is named Corey and he he grew up playing hockey as well so I was just talking to him the other day so um. Well, let me just ask you this: As far as I mean, you, you mentioned a little bit about your testimony. Like, do, could you share a little bit more about just you know how you came to know Jesus? I know you said it was at a young age, but just the circumstances around that. Yeah, yeah, sure. I'd love to expand on that. So, um, my parents uh, are, are believers, and, and Christianity dates back uh, in my family for several generations. I, to be honest, I'm not actually sure where it ends on my father's side. 
on my mother's side, um, it began with my uh, my uncle who came to faith through crew, through a crew ministry when he was in college. And he led my mom to faith and then he led, they together led my grandparents to faith. And so, um, yeah, I loved it. it I, I'm part of a, a great lineage of faith on both sides. Um, but uh, I think where God really got a hold of my heart, I mean, I guess I was like five or six years old when I first you know, prayed the sinner's prayer, but he really got a hold of my life when I was 18. I was um, going through a, a hard season of my life trying to def- figure out what I was going to do beyond high school. And I just felt completely stumped and didn't know what to do. I um, applied to uh, engineering and got into a bunch of different uh, engineering schools in in southwestern Ontario here. And uh, I decided to decline them because um, when I was uh, deciding whether or not I'd go on to university, I saw my brother was at a Bible school down in Texas. Uh, it was called His Hill, uh, Cape and Ray. And uh, he came home at Christmas from this Bible school and all of a sudden he was like nice to me and it was weird because he was always a jerk. And I was like, man, what is going on with my older brother? Like, it seems like, like he was all of a sudden interested in reading his Bible and um, he was talking about God. And I was like, whatever's happening to you, like, I want, I want a slice of that. And so I ended up scrapping my, my plan to go to do engineering and uh, went to another Bible school as mm-hmm. well. Uh, another Cape and Ray school uh, out in the West Coast near Vancouver. Can you, can you just unpack and real quick? What is Cape and Ray? I'm not, I'm not familiar with what this means. Cape and Ray. Yeah, sorry. It's it's a, a small Bible school. It runs under a couple of names, Cape and Ray or Torchbearers. They run these small Bible schools of maybe like 50 to 100 students. And the whole pu- purpose of it is just to deepen your spiritual walk with God. And so they don't necessarily emphasize... Um, academic study okay. of the scripture, but you you learn over the course of the one-year program, you learn pretty much every book of the Bible. So they have teaching from gotcha. every book of the Bible. So you get, it's a good kind of like starter entry point. If you want to know what the Bible says, like if you do the one-year program, it will get you started on the right foot. Okay, cool. That makes more sense. Uh, that makes more sense. So came to know, came to know the Lord. Um, and so this yeah. was, you're saying this is around college age. Uh, and, and so then you ended up going to the Bible college and, and that kind of was, you were off to the races basically. Yeah, that, that really, that really set me off in terms of, um, I would say like a life of full devotion to, to Christ. Um, it was there that I got the, the vision from, from God in, in different ways of, of being a full-time missionary and, uh, using my life as a service to him, um, in, as a vocational setting. And so, uh, after that, I, I went to um, I went to Carleton University, uh, and I took uh, I, I say I majored in power to change or crew, and then I minored in my math and stats degree because I just I just loved being involved in this ministry yeah. that was focused on evangelism. It was focused on discipleship yeah. and helping others know Christ, and so I fell in love with that. And I also got plugged into these mission trips that uh, went overseas to. Uh, to Eastern Asia and um, started going on these mission trips huh. and fell in love with sharing Christ with people who really had no idea who Jesus mm. was. Like one guy shared the gospel with, he thought Jesus was Santa Claus. And I just remember being struck by this. And well, at least he had one uh, thing right. Yeah, you know, at least, he... <laughs> you, you know, it's like, got the right season. I don't know, at least it wasn't like <laughs> Halloween or something. Uh, you know, you got the right season. But uh, yeah, 
so I just thought, man, if I can, if my life can be used to help people who don't know Jesus, know Jesus, that'd be a sweet. And so I ended up joining Power to Change full time and I've been off to the races ever since. So the, my first two years was uh, placement overseas in East Asia okay. where I was helping to build uh, with a team of, of missionaries helping uh, build these, uh, what we call movements of evangelism and discipleship. And then I moved back to Canada, uh, got married, got placed uh, placed near Toronto and um, been, uh, yeah, from 2010 to 2020, I was what's called a uh, campus director or a team leader. The name's changed a couple of times. Um, but basically I oversaw uh, a university campus ministry um, of about 150 to 200 students. Um, I was kind of like a campus chaplain sure. in that way, helping to run a team uh, to yeah to help uh, help these students and help them to uh, live missionally with Jesus to help their friends and and the rest of the campus know Christ. And then in 2020 uh, during COVID, I took on my this uh, national role. It became available, and my uh, boss tapped me on the shoulder, asked me if I could consider doing it, and um, I was ready for a change and uh, decided to go for That's it. That's awesome. But you you've told me before about your dad's role and how like just you know the, your dad's obviously. Yeah, worked in. Has he has he worked with Power to Change as well? Yeah, yeah. So my parents they were on staff with Power yes. to Change for a combined total of eighty oh, years, gosh. and they actually they met through Power to Change, yeah. or, or I guess it was you know Campus Crusade for Christ. But uh, yeah, they met through that uh, when they were missionaries in Kenya and Tanzania. Okay. And and your dad's got a yeah, your dad's got yes. a really interesting job right now. So after you after you kind of unpack that, I just want you to if you don't mind getting into a little bit of that. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's the interesting part. So basically, since um, in two thousand, it would have been in ni- nineteen eighty six, we moved to Edmonton, and that's where my dad took on a role with something called the Christian Embassy. Christian Embassy is an arm of Power to Change that helps to reach uh, politicians and kind of upper tier business leaders and foreign ambassadors. Mm. And so he was doing that at a at a at the uh, local Alberta legislature. That'd be like s- similar to like. Uh, the state level. And, uh, and then in 96, he got the call to take on the national director role. So we all moved to Ottawa and he started doing that in, uh, um, yeah, in 1996 with, uh, as the national director. So he, uh, like on a federal level. So he became kind of like, uh, an unofficial chaplain of the Canadian parliament. So he's, he's met with and had prayer with, um, you know, Justin Trudeau, um, basically any any popular Canadian political figure that you can think of, he's met met them and probably uh, had a some kind of spiritual interaction with them, like talking about Jesus in some way, shape, or form. And then he's also been uh, uh, really big at uh, um, trying to influence and and uh, and show love and care for uh, ambassadors that come mm-hmm. to our country from foreign foreign countries mm-hmm. and uh, helping them integrate meet. Meet, build connections within Canada, but then also uh, providing a faith component for a place for them to explore the Christian faith as well. So, man, I bet you he's got some stories. I might have to, I might have to do an episode with him. He does. <laughs> yeah, he, and you know what? I, I've been, we've been bugging him for years that you like. He's he's uh, going to be approaching eighty soon, and uh, he's got to write a book. So he told me uh, when I was with him maybe uh, two weeks ago or so. He said like, "Hey Dan, I'm gonna." 
I'm going to write that book uh, <laughs> at, after the next election. Hey, so, oh boy. I think the next Canadian election is oh, man. five. So <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. There's, I, I, yeah, he's got, he's a great storyteller. So I'm just hoping he can actually get it into uh, book form. Well, man, hey, I might, I might know a, a publishing house that might be interested. <laughs> I'm sure about to change this. Yeah. But, uh, well, okay. So I still got to convince him on Bitcoin though, Jordan. So <laughs> well, we're, we're working well, on it. We'll, we'll make that happen. Listen, if there's anybody that can make that happen, it's the Canadian government. Um, so, uh, how about you? Can you can you unpack for us like kind of your your Bitcoin testimony, your your story of how you got into Bitcoin? Where where along your your journey did did you kind of come in contact with Bitcoin and and kind of grok what what it was what it was and what it was trying to do? Yeah, sure. That's a fun one. Um, yeah, it was twenty twenty was the big turning point for me. Um, at the start of twenty twenty, uh, you know, COVID hit, uh, everything locked down, and everyone just started spending their life online. Uh, I was uh, I was similar, and uh, I had been kind of looking into finances, um, and I was, you know, I was a big Dave Ramsey fan mm. uh, for for several years, and. I was trying to figure out like what is going on with this market, you know, the whole K-shaped recovery and everything just seemed so confusing and strange in 2020. Like in some ways, like the stock market was ripping in other ways it was crashing. And I was like, what is going on? And I got to the end of the year 2020 and I realized um, that my house made more money than I did. And I mean that in the sense that like my house went up in value more than my salary paid me. And and money and I and then I looked at I did some research on this and I thought well I, it was actually that was I was a very normal Canadian yeah. for any Canadian homeowner yeah. they were actually their house appreciated at the same level as uh, the average salary in Canada and I just thought what a strange thing you know in a year when there was there was no immigration yeah. um, so you know the the, uh, the demand side of you know the supply and demand wasn't really there why was why was the value of, of houses just skyrocketing so much? And why would our us, why would we as a society place more value on sitting on a, a real estate purchase? Yeah. Uh, why would we place as much value as as someone who's worked hard for you know thousands of hours sure. that year? It just didn't make any sense. And so I'd been reading and listening to uh, I'd been listening to this uh, podcast called Rockstar Real Estate. Mm-hmm. Uh, or some is also called the Your Life, Your Term show with uh, Tom and Nick Karadza. Shout out to them. They're great okay. guys. And they had Jeff Booth on one time and they were talking about Bitcoin. And I was just like, I actually got angry because I heard, I started hearing them talk about it <laughs> and I started thinking, what are they doing? Like they're told, like they've got a good thing going. Why are they just, you know, dragging their name through the mud by bringing up this fantasy cryptocurrency? <laughs> and then- but then I listened to the arguments and I ended up buying Jeff, uh, Jeff Booth's book. And I was like, whoa, like there's, there's really something to this. And so I started, that started me uh, on the investigation part of my journey. And then the clincher really came uh, when I was reading the Bible. And I know that sounds kind of strange, but like the clincher came where I thought, this is something real. When I was reading Genesis 23, and do, do you want me to get into this? Do you want me to hash out I'm s- what? Uh, yeah, do it. Go for it. Okay. So I read Genesis 23. It's the story of Abraham buying a burial plot for his late wife, Sarah. And 
Uh, so he's he's got to make this transaction. He's trying to buy. He's a he's just a foreigner in the land. He doesn't really own any any land, and so he needs to buy somewhere where he can actually bury his wife. And so he goes before. It says he goes before the Hittites, the people of the land. Basically, all the elders come together, and he asks them, "Hey, I want to buy this plot of land." And so the elders are like, "Okay, hey, dude who owns the plot of land, you know, come and talk to Abraham." <laughs> So the dude comes forward and he talks to Abraham and they agree that uh, he's going to pay 400 shekels of silver for this plot of land. And then I'm reading it and it, it doesn't say that there's a lawyer involved. It doesn't say that there's any like deed or title, anything written down that verifies this transaction. Rather, it says that the transaction was verified because the people of the land saw it. Like if you read uh, verse 17, 18, it says like the land was given over to Abraham as a possession in the presence of the Hittites before all who went into the gate of the city. So it's, it's in the presence of the Hittites that this transaction happened. And I realized that the reason why the transaction was, was legit was just was simply because all the elders saw it happen. And I thought, Man, that is that is pretty much how Bitcoin works. The reason why a Bitcoin transaction is is legit or verified is because all of the other people who are running Bitcoin software see it happen mm. through their nodes. Bitcoin is basically a distributed ledger of who owns what amount of Bitcoin in a pseudonymous way and it's run by these nodes. There's tens of thousands of them all over the world. And each of those nodes see every single transaction that happens. And that is what substantiates the transaction. And so when I saw this, it really got me thinking like that Bitcoin isn't so much just a, a new uh, a new thing. It, it's not a new phenomenon. It's more so uh, a very antiquity, a very old, like this is a, like a 4,000 year old way of uh, interacting uh, and, and financial settlement that has basically been digitized yeah. in a way that really works. And so that when I read that, I was like, I, "I'm going to start. I'm going to start buying this thing," <laughs> and uh, the rest is history. Yeah. Okay. And so, so you started. I mean, you started down this rabbit hole, and so it was this this story about you know from Genesis that kind of helped you make sense of how Bitcoin worked. Uh, and and so then again, this is a this is a very strange thing for a lot of people. I would I would imagine for their for them to be learning about Bitcoin, and then all of a sudden their mind is drawn to the Bible. Um, and, but again, this is, it's really, really what was happening, right? Is, is you had a framework that you understood very well, which was the Bible and you just started seeing parallels. And so, you know, that this is just kind of how, how our minds work. So can you kind of unpack like that you, I mean, you've made a number of videos and you, you've written a fair amount about there's more of these things you know, more of these dynamics of Bitcoin that kind of make you think about different things within the scriptures or the biblical narrative. Um, do you kind of want to un- unpack, you know, that, that process? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, this is even approaches on to the, the way that we met, Jordan, yeah. um, which is, uh, yeah, I started writing a blog. As soon as I, I understood Bitcoin and I saw it through this, um, th- yeah, I, I have, I have a Christian worldview. Yeah. I mean, that's just, is a given fact. Yeah. And and as I saw Bitcoin uh, encountering me with my Christian worldview, I just I, I saw these parallels as you mentioned, and so I thought, man, this is just fascinating. And so I should I should start writing about this. And so 
some of my friends made fun of me. They're like, what is this, the 90s? Like, you're starting a blog? <laughs> and uh, but I was like, yeah, I'm starting a blog. It's Because I, like, I just wanted to capture my own thoughts and see if anyone else was even thinking about this. And so I started writing about it and um, uh, ended up uh, making a couple of different uh, YouTube videos where I kind of uh, fleshed out some of my writing in, in video form. And that's what you, I remember you saw that and you retweeted me uh, at one, I think it was Christmas 2021. And um, also at, around this time, like I got familiar with, uh, I found out that there's other Christians who were thinking about this too. And I picked up a copy of uh, Thank God for Bitcoin. Actually, I think your your buddy Gabe, um, he he mailed me like 10 copies. Oh my gosh. So I got some, one for me and then a bunch for my friend. go Gabe. No charge. So uh, God bless that guy. <laughs> so, that was so nice of him and and all of you. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I remember start, I started giving this out to, uh, even to my boss, to some of my coworkers, uh, to friends. And um, yeah, so. That's really interesting. But yeah, like Bitcoin, yeah, you, you go ahead. No, I was just gonna say that that's really interesting. And so then this kind of, so, you know, our relationship, we met, uh, and again, I'll just say this. I mean, there's, there's, there's a lot of stuff within the Bitcoin and Christian circles uh, you know, Bitcoin, Christian Bitcoin Twitter, there's a lot of things going around there. And there's, you know, again, people are well-meaning, but there's things that are, I'm just like, yeah, that's just kind of off the mark or it's, it's, it's just kind of, it's just not, it's not the, there's this famous story of, of Mark Twain where, uh, Mark Twain was apparently a very hard man and, uh, and he, he was very just rude to his wife. And so he would, he loved to find creative ways to cuss. Okay. And so he would, <laughs> He would he would just basically come up with these real clever. Obviously, he's an incredible wordsmith, and so he would do this. And uh, and so this one day, his w- poor wife, you know, who's by all accounts this sweet woman, she had had enough of it, and so she tried to like launch back at him one of the things that he'd said to her. And so he just looked at her. The story goes with this wry smile and says, "You know the words, but you don't know the tune." And there's a lot of content uh, that's created, a lot of videos, a lot of you know people writing about the intersection of Christian Christianity and Bitcoin or the gospel and, and Bitcoin. And a lot of it just for me as somebody who, you know, went to, went to Bible college, just studied the Bible and, and worked in ministry. It just falls flat it, it, on either side. It's, it seems to be, you know, it, you're using some of the same words, some of the, you know, some you're using the same words, but it just doesn't, I don't know. It, it's just not doing justice to either one of the things you're talking about, but your work was yeah. one of the for me, especially at that point, one of the rare people who I felt was doing justice uh, to to both sides of of that equation. Uh, and so, uh, you know, we can transition into th- this. Made me want to work with you in some capacity. Uh, and so I, I just reached out to you and said, "Hey, you know what? You know how can we work together? What can we do?" And so we we talked about you know doing some videos together, and that's what you know will still happen in the future. But one of the things we talked about um, was just kind of coming together, and I think this actually might have been your idea as we go back and forth, was to write a book um, in in much the way that Thank God for Bitcoin was written to help Christians understand Bitcoin. Uh, you you had basically broached the idea of writing a book that would help uh, Bitcoiners or ir- largely irreligious Bitcoiners kind of see see the gospel and see the message of Jesus. And that that's laid out in the biblical narrative in a new light. Um, so, do you want to kind of talk about where that idea came from and and kind of what your thoughts were about that? Yeah, absolutely. And I just I appreciate the compliment. Um, and uh, 
I'll say too, that, that, that phrase, uh, you know, the words, but you don't know the tune. Um, I, I just echo that. I mean, there's a few people I follow on Twitter, um, who, uh, I've had to kind of mute because <laughs> they're, they're like Christian Bitcoiners, but like, it'll be like, oh, like let's, let's paraphrase this verse from the Bible, yeah. but make it Bitcoin. Yeah. Like for God so loved the world that he sent Bitcoin yeah, yeah. Satoshi or whatever. Yeah. It's like, uh, I just grow yeah. every time I hear that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, come on, come on. Um, but yeah, I know the book is something, uh, I think we're both really excited about. I'm real, I'm definitely really excited about, it's called the gospel according to Bitcoin. And it's, uh, it's kind of doing the, the, the reverse of what thank God for Bitcoin was designed to do, which, you know, that one was meant to orange pill Christians to introduce Christians to Bitcoin, give it, uh, kind of the moral reasoning for and framework as to why Bitcoin is a superior form of money and the the thing we should be using instead of our, our fiat dollars. Um, and, and the gospel according to Bitcoin is, uh, the opposite of that is, is trying to, uh, convince and trying to share Christ with people who are already into Bitcoin. Um, you know, when I first, uh, thought about even starting my blog and, and, and back in the day doing something like this, a, a friend of mine who, what, who is a, a Christian, um, he said like, oh, well, why would you do that? Like, you're not going to get much of an audience because all of the Bitcoiners are atheists. <laughs> and I thought, well, what better reason to do something like yeah. this? Uh, you know, since then, I've actually, we've discovered that there's quite a, a, a groundswell of, of Christian Bitcoiners yep. out there. Um, many who have met at the conference. But, but yeah, I mean, it, one, one analogy, like some people, like, they, they think like, oh, why would you use and I've got criticisms for this before. Like, why would you use Bitcoin to try and share the gospel? Like that just seems, it seems weird. It's like, and usually it's coming from people who don't understand Bitcoin very yeah. well, or they, they, they think it's like scammy and yeah. kind of this like seedy thing. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. It's like, and it's filled with like, like, oh, you're all like anarchists or I don't know what there's all these assumptions <laughs> and correlations that come to people's mind when they think of Bitcoin. But one of the analogies uh, that a friend actually pointed me to that, that I really I like is like if you were if you're an aerospace engineer and you love Jesus and you're you you're designing these jet engines these massive complex um, beautiful things that generate you know massive amounts of thrust and are super useful um, and you found a way that you could express to other aerospace engineers the gospel that you could communicate the like the glory of god through jesus by explaining it in terms of how a gen engine works like would you not do that like you would of course you would do that and i think most christians and most evangelicals especially would welcome that idea of using whatever means necessary in a sense uh, uh using different analogies um as long as they're not like heretical or yeah. something <laughs> to express the 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 message of jesus to people and so that's what we're trying to do and um I would just say, like, I don't know much about jet engines, but, but Bitcoin, there's the parallels are, are just so profound. Yeah. And, um, there, there's like, as we, if we, as we've embarked on writing this book, it just so many ideas come to mind. Like, I, I feel like we, I'm already starting to think like, man, we're gonna have to write like a part two <laughs> to this just cause yeah. there's so many powerful, uh, uh, metaphors sure. and, and the, the imagery and parallels so that, yeah that I think it, it, we could just keep going. Yeah, I think I think another thing that's really important to to lay out is part of the reason why there are so many uh, similarities is because Bitcoin is just money. 
Like Bitcoin is Bitcoin yep. is money, and the scriptures are full of you know of of proverbs and full of just explicit stories and teachings about money and the role that money plays in our lives and how money communicates mm-hmm. what we value and what we believe to be true. Uh, it, it demonstrates where our heart is, uh, where we you know what we truly value. You know where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Uh, and so. Mm-hmm. Again, when if you, once you think about it like that, it's it's really not as crazy as it initially sounds. Um, you know, Bitcoin Bitcoin is money that works the way that money you know ought to work, and so uh, and so if that's the case, if that's true, then it and and if it's true that the Bible talks more about money than almost any other subject, uh, it's actually not that much of a departure, not that strange, much of a leap uh, at, at all. Um, why don't you kind of yeah yeah back- go ahead. I was to say, in fact, it's even maybe more aligned because if Jesus used money to communicate his yeah. message of the gospel of the kingdom, I mean, how how much more should we? yeah yeah if we're <laughs> if he's using it as like the if it's his primary metaphor yeah. or one of his primary metaphors, like why can't we use it as a primary metaphor? Yeah, and and why wouldn't we? If you know, if especially to those who are Christians or you know disciples of Jesus, we're learners. We we learn from Jesus, you know, both in in how he lived and and how he you know communicated the message that he did. It would make no sense. To, to not use one of these giant tools that was in, you know, that he used in his tool belt. So um, why don't you, Dan, just kind of, you, you mentioned a little bit uh, of, of kind of your heart, like you, you know, as uh, like the motivation for writing this book, but maybe do you have like any other, what are some of your goals for, for writing this book? Yeah. I mean, the big one is, is kind of, is as a, an evangelistic tool mm-hmm. um, to, to help, people understand Jesus. That's the heart behind it. I mean, I, I work in full-time Christian ministry yeah. and an event evangelical ministry. And my boss has actually, God bless him, has has cleared me to to work on this as kind of a side That's project cool. amidst my work. And so yeah, I've got like, I don't know, two hours a week or something that I can like spend writing. And so I try to make sure I can I get that into my calendar. Yeah. But um yeah, I just love it. Like it so I mean part of it is is just the motivation to want to see uh see people know Jesus. Yeah. Um, part of it's just kind of a way to collect my own thoughts mm-hmm. and a passion project of something that like, it's like two, two, un- two things that I can't unsee. I yeah. can't unsee Jesus and I can't unsee Bitcoin no. after I've understood at least part of it. And so um, it's a passion project. And the other thing would be uh, maybe that maybe this is selfish or, or, or bad, but like, I mean, I've been, been talking to, about Bitcoin to like my colleagues and, and my friends for for years now, like, you know, cause I was orange pilled in 2020 and part of me wants to just be like, summarize my thoughts and be justified. Yeah. <laughs> and I know that it, like, yeah. And, and this is maybe a way of, of helping make that happen. Sure. And I don't, maybe that's a bit of a selfish thing to say, but there is maybe a, uh, a small form of like, I don't know, personal pride or it's like, I, I just want to be like, I want to be seen right. Yeah. Understood. <laughs> in this. And, uh, yeah, probably not a good motivation. But. <laughs> yeah, no, I get it. Like, it, yeah. and I also understand. I mean, having thought for so long about something, I mean, I'm in a similar boat. I've been thinking about this pretty much nonstop uh, for four or five years now. Uh, yeah, going on, yeah. going in four or five years. Uh, and and you want to you want to have, you know, you want to have some way to to in a in a encapsulated way to communicate you know, you, the things that you've been thinking about and learning throughout this, this time. And book is just a book is a good way to yeah. do that. So, 
Um, well, let's do this, Dan. And you sense that it's going to change, right? Oh, no, sorry. you're good. Go for it. I was going to say, like, I mean, you sense it's it's coming, right? Like, um, I was talking to Luke Broyles um, at the last Thank God for Bitcoin conference uh, just briefly. And, you know, we're in a, a, a group of, there's like, uh, I don't know, a hundred of us kind of scattered around the lobby. And uh, I chatted, just chatting with him briefly. He's like, he turns to me and says, like, I'm glad we can do this now before, like, the phones start ringing off the hook. Yep. yep. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, like, amen to that. Like, you know, thing, things, are, if Bitcoin keeps going the way that we think it's going to go, like, we're going to be getting phone calls um, by, you know, so many people soon. And so um, better to uh, better to get our, our thoughts written clearly through things like literature yes. and books and uh, onto video where people can reference them uh, so that, you know, even just frees up our time, yes. our future time. So we're trying to serve our yes. selves in this way. That's a great way to put that. Yeah, exactly. Just creating resources so that when the people come, you know, they're, they're able to find helpful things that answer their questions and... Mm-hmm. Um, well, let's do this, Dan. Um, we can, why don't we give, is, we'll give the people like a sneak peek uh, of the book. Um, is there yeah. maybe like one or two chapters that you'd like to kind of unpack one? I guess one of the ones that you've written, uh, cause we've, we've kind of, we're not 50, yeah. 50, we're, you know, you've written a couple more than I have at this point, but the goal is, is that it'll be right about half and half. <laughs> but why don't you kind of yeah. give uh, the Peter, you're, you're going to catch up Jordan. I know. I, I, I faith yeah. in you. So why don't you kind of just pick one? <laughs> you've been busy. Pick one to kind of unpack for everybody. Sure. Well, yeah, one of the ones that, uh, it was kind of one of the first ones that really came to my mind and I did a video on it, um, early on is this idea of the scarcity of God. And, um, I, and I think this is important because I think Bitcoiners really understand scarcity. They understand the value of scarcity Mm. because there'll only ever be 21 million Bitcoin. Mm. They understand that if they can get a portion of that network, they can get some sats in their, you know, cold storage that they can hold on to that for eternity and they'll never be diluted. Mm-hmm. And so there's this idea of scarcity and that's what gives Bitcoin's value so that, you know, when more demand comes, the only thing to give is the price uh, to the upside. And so Bitcoin's understand scarcity. So I, I was trying to think of like, how can we communicate um, the that, like the beauty of God through scarcity? Well, you start to think about it God is ultimately the most scarce thing in the universe because he's the source from which everything else is derived. And he is so powerful. Like he just literally spoke the universe into existence. And so you think of like, what is the marginal cost of production for anything that God does? The marginal cost of production is zero because he can just speak it into existence, create things ex nihilo. And in one of the chapters, we, we compare this to how the government and the central bank acts and that, and it's almost like in a, a, that they attempt to be God when it comes to money, yeah. uh, that, that they create money out of nothing. They, they, they've taken on this role of creating things ex nihilo. And we understand like normally because all of us, we work for a paycheck and, and we, we, uh, you know, we work for our money. The concept that, uh, there's an entity out there, um, that can just create money out of nothing that we all work for is kind of strange. And like, like when, when we all got stimmy checks in 2020, it wasn't because Joe Biden was out there mowing lawns, <laughs> like trying to create wealth in order to distribute money to the people. Like it was literally just, uh, let's adjust this number on the M2 money supply database or whatever yeah. it is. And, and we're just gonna, we're just gonna create it. Ex nihilo, I have nothing. And in the process, everyone else gets diluted, which we won't get into, but yeah. 
But I thought like, here's, here's basically the bank trying to be like God. And I remember even hearing people, uh, Christians say like, only God should have the ability to print mm. money. And I agree with that. But, but then let's take it a step further because we look at like, what, what does the gospel say? What is, what did Jesus do or what did God do through Jesus in order to communicate his love for people? Like he refused to do something that was easy in order to communicate his love for people. Mm. He, it, it, like, he, even though pretty much any, like his marginal cost of production is zero, even though he can do anything with zero effort, he chose to do the one thing that actually cost him something in order to communicate love for people. And that was, he actually had to give himself. Mm -hmm. He actually had to come and suffer as Jesus in order to repay uh, our debts of our sin yeah. and in order to communicate uh, that, that radical love that can transform us to us. And so I just thought, what a beautiful thing. Like God is completely infinitely scarce, yet completely infinitely powerful. He can do anything and it costs him nothing. And yet in order to show his love for us, he does the one thing that actually costs him something and mm. it costs him everything. And I thought, what a beautiful way of portraying the gospel. And I'm, I think it's in a way that Bitcoiners can understand because it's the exact opposite of how our governments and central banks work today in the fiat system. It's, and, and the contrast I just think is, is so clear and beautiful um, that it's just, I, I, when I think about that, I'm just like, God is amazing. Yeah. Like that's my conclusion. God is absolutely amazing. And, and so that's one of the concepts portrayed in the book, but maybe I, I'd love to pass it to you. I know you've got some really good chapters. In yeah. Well, here, first of all, I, I'd like to just add a couple of things on that because I think, I think it's a great, I think it's a, a phenomenal point. I think it also draws a distinction between, uh, for example, uh, Allah, like the, the God in Islam, um, he, he yeah. can, like within Christianity, like God, why can't God just forgive sins? You know, he can't just, he can't just yep. papally, you know, like declare that sins are forgiven. Um, he actually comes, you know, Jesus actually comes and dies the, dies the death that those sins merit. And so this is a contrast with Islam where in Islam, they, they don't accept that, you know, Jesus had to come and die or even that he did come and die. And, and one of the reasons is because within Islam, like uh, Allah can just forgive. He doesn't need a, a sacrifice in the same way. And so this is, so this is, you know, the, the idea of within Bitcoin of, you know, proof of work and there is no free lunches. Uh, this is very much more aligned with, uh, you know, with the, the Christian conception of things as, as embodied in how Jesus, um, you know, in what Jesus did and, and how he, and why he did it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Just to riff on what you were saying is, um, yeah, like in, in Islam, there is no guarantee that you, your sins have been paid for, but Jesus, he, by him coming and dying for our sins, it's, it's, it is that proof of work. It, it shows that our sin actually, it, it shows that our sin was actually really bad. And it shows that there needs to be some kind of amends yeah. to make up for it. And that the only type of amends that could make up for it was the sacrifice of the eternal God is just, um, it's amazing. It shows just how sinful we really are, to be honest. It shows it shows the depth of our depravity um, that only the blood of Christ could actually make up for for the sins of humanity. And it means, it, it, in a sense, like it doesn't trivialize sin because yeah. if sin can just yes. just kind of be, you can snap your fingers and and get rid of it. 
um, it trivializes it. It's like, okay, well, why don't we just sin as much as we want if if someone can just arbitrarily forgive it with no cost to themselves or anyone else, it it makes it as if sin doesn't matter. Yeah. And it, it does. does. Yeah. So and that it's yeah, a fantastic point. Um I another thing that I, I think that it's important yeah, again, like a lot of a lot of like what we I mean, I, I was a missionary for a number of years and still am a missionary at heart mm-hmm. in terms of trying to communicate and translate between two different worlds, you know, two different worldviews, two different languages, whatever. Um, and so like when, one of the things that when people hear blood, like he, 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 you know, shed his blood, like that it's this weird thing for modern people. They're like, what, what is, what is that even doing? And really just blood is to stand in for life. And so like Jesus shed his blood, it's, it's, he gave his life. So like he, he exchanged and laid down, sacrificed his life in order to take up a people for himself. Um, and so so this is the same logic within, you know, something like Bitcoin mining, which is, you know, you you lay down and sacrifice real scarce life bought resources, you know, that they they require yep. life to produce them, expenditure of life and energy to produce them. And then you get something, you know, you get, you know, Bitcoin in return for this. And so this is this is very much I mean, this isn't even a chapter in the book yet, but we could probably <laughs> do what just about life. Right. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like that, right. Yeah. Down. Uh, I think just one one last thing would be the other thing about this that's just really fascinating is and important in in distinguishing is you know within within the gospel story like yeah it, rather than like, it's not just again God can't just forgive and so he he gives the most valuable thing possible and so there's people who were like well yes you know why did God send his why did God send his son like what you know why why wasn't God willing to do it himself. You know, and and I'll just say, like from personal experience, which is more difficult? Would it be for me to lay down my own life, or for me to to lay down the life of my son for someone? You know, which is going to be more difficult for me, the the prime actor? It's going to be a hundred out of a hundred. I, I I would lay down yeah. my own life for people way before I would ever sacrifice my son's life, and so God was willing to to sacrifice the most unthinkably precious and valuable thing to him. Uh, which is, you know, his his own son who he loves. But then also, you know, the God is is one of the ways that God tells us to think about him is as a king. Uh, and so, you know, a king sacrificing his heir is basically his hope of the future. And so God, you know, God sacrifices the life of his son who's also his heir, uh, you know, his hope of, of you know, his his name and his, his um, kingdom extending on into the future. God sacrifices him. Uh, in order to welcome us into his family and to to redeem humanity, and so these are again these are just such such really important ideas that again abide by uh, the this principle of proof of work and this principle of of you know value there there being no uh, you know there's no like this is the laws of thermodynamics like there's no energy lost there's only you know transfer from from one place to another and so um, mm-hmm. so these are important things. Um, I think I think I've actually talked about, yes. I think I, I've talked about it a number of times. So this might be for some of our audience, they may have heard this before. But the the chapter that I would probably mention uh, is the chapter where uh, of, of the book where we talk about uh, the cosmic child pays for parent transaction, or thinking about the gospel as a as a cosmic child pays for parent transaction. Um, for those so good uh, who are who are maybe not Bitcoiners or who are Bitcoiners but maybe have never had to do one of these things called a child based for parent transaction. 
uh, my my story is basically I tried to send a Bitcoin transaction. Uh, I included too small of a fee in order to motivate the miners to include that transaction in a in the next block of or the next few blocks of Bitcoin transactions. And so because there wasn't enough of a fee, my transaction just kind of got stuck. <laughs> it got like left out there and didn't get didn't get processed. So I, I set this thing, set this transaction, small amount, uh, and then ran off and had to do something. Came back, you know, uh, a few days later, it was like, hey, let me, let me, you know, check. So I checked on the destination address and the, the Bitcoin hadn't gone through. And so I have the, you know, crazy privilege of, of knowing, uh, you know, Bitcoin OG, one of the most well-respected people within Bitcoin, Jimmy Song. So I just texted him. I said, hey, <laughs> Jimmy, I think I broke Bitcoin. And, uh, and no, I'm just kidding. But uh, I, you know, it was, I was like, I'm sure somebody else has done this else. You know, somebody else has done this before. And so I just asked him, I was like, you know, what, what happened and what do I do? And so he explained, you know, oh, you just didn't include enough of a fee. You need to send a child pays for parent transaction. And so I, I asked him to explain what that was. And what he said was, okay, so what happened is your initial transaction, the fee fell short of the fee that was required for it to be, for it to reach its, its intended goal. So what you have to do is send a second transaction from the same initial address to the same destination address, but include enough of a fee so that it doesn't fall short. Enough, include enough of a fee so that it, it arrives at its intended destination. And so I did that and it worked perfectly and you know it knocked my first transaction through and I was good to go. But as soon as I saw that work, it just Im- immediately, I thought of the logic of, of salvation. And, you know, this is, you know, this is the lot, this is, you know, Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. You know, our lives are these transactions that, you know, God, when he created, you know, humanity in the form of, you know, Adam and Eve, he created humanity and he intended that their lives would be a transaction that would be lived in such a way uh, that would, you know, they would pay tribute, uh, you know, they would offer a, a fee in terms of the the respect and honor that they would have for him, the faith that they would put in the trustworthiness of his message uh, and his word uh, as their creator. And so the idea would be that they would trust him, they'd pay him this tribute of trust, and that as a result, their lives would reach the the, the telos that God intended humanity's lives to, to attain. Mm-hmm. Through their lack of faith, their lack of trust, their lack of paying this tribute, uh, they fell short of, of this and their their lives didn't attain didn't reach the conclusion that God intended them to reach. And so what did God do? God, you know, used one of their descendants. So he sent he sent his son, he sent a child, you know, who would, would be a, a descendant of, of humanity. Uh, and so he came and he did live a perfect life that, that in every point, he only did the things that pleased God. He trusted God at every point, even when it was incredibly difficult. And so as a result, his his perfect life was sufficient in order for him to to live the life that God had intended for humanity to receive, and because he did that and did attain uh, this, you know this this standard that God had set forth, he's able to bring with him all of those who put their faith not in their own, you know, not in their own ability, their own uh, works that they've done that they you know not their own ability to be good enough for God, but put their faith in in this child. Of, of his who did live and attain this this perfect life. And so there's a very real sense in which the, the message of the gospel is that Jesus is the cosmic child pays for parent transaction that enables 
you know, humanity to to reach the end for which God uh, created us. And so, uh, you know, just that reality of thinking about that, it just blew my mind. I'm like, how? <laughs> and so what I just realized is like, this is, this isn't, you know, the, the logic of the way that Bitcoin works is so deeper. It's so much deeper and and more real uh, than than so much of the way that the existing system works. It's so much more aligned with the way that God has designed the world uh, to to shocking degrees than uh, than the you know the fiat system, and so by you know as a consequence of that, the way that Bitcoin works is it it it, it helps us to see the world in more real and true ways than the uh, in a lot of other ways as well. And so, um, so again, those are those are two those are two uh, <laughs> two examples of of chapters in the book. Uh, there's again, there's a bunch more, and we're we're really excited to. Uh, release them to you in in book form. Um, it looks like at this point we're going to be we're we're still not done with the book. We're trying to get it done and have it printed and ready to roll by the having. Um, so that's our that's our hope. And again, it's it's taken us a little bit longer than we than we thought it was going to, but we think that it's going to be worth the wait once it <laughs> once it does finally come out. Yeah, I think so too. It, that, that's beautiful, Jordan. Like just the thought of um, you know you and I were just like lost Bitcoin transactions yes. uh, because we didn't we didn't meet because we didn't meet the standard. We didn't meet the standard of having enough uh, you know righteousness yes. or or fee, yeah. hide a fee to make the standard. And so we needed someone who did meet that standard to come and to save us. Um, I mean, that's just man. The parallels are just beautiful. Yeah. I love it. Well, Dan, here, I'll, I'll give you the last word. Uh, is there anything else you want to just mention to people? And then also mention where people can find you online. Uh, just anything else you want to mention? Yeah, I don't know if I have anything else uh, to say other than uh, yeah, we're very excited about this book. Um, there's there's a lot more we could get into uh, in terms of sneak peeks, but maybe we'll leave it there and leave people uh, uh, hungry for for the book itself. And, and I do hope that some of this can get translated into video form or, or other kind of more condensed forms as well but um yeah, yeah. why don't you tell me uh, tell me what's your youtube channel let's do that because that way people can oh sure yeah, yeah. you can find if you look up hodling jesus h-o-d-l-i-n-g jesus um on youtube you'll see my three videos yeah. <laughs> that are up there i've got one on the scarcity of god i've got one on god's proof of work which is kind of what we were initially talking yeah. about here before the child pays for parent analogy and then I've got one that's uh, it's like five things I love about about Bitcoin, not related to the price. And so, uh, actually, maybe just to expand on that a little bit. That that's just a video that that uh, I, I it came to mind when I was walking through the woods one day and um, uh, just having some prayer time. And it dawned on me like that if I can obtain a certain measure of of owning a certain percentage of the Bitcoin network, like just the the amount of security that that brings to me uh, was profound. Um, you know, I, I live and work in a ministry of uh, we're, we're nonprofits, and where uh, every one of us as staff have to raise our own salary, much like any missionary yeah. would have to do. And um, man, the fiat system is just wrecking us. I'll yeah. say it like it, it is wrecking yeah. us, and we are constantly on a treadmill of having to raise more and more and more support yeah. because, and you have to raise it faster than you did before yeah. because uh, inflation, uh, you know, our dollars just aren't going as far. And, um, and we're just getting wrecked. And so, um, yeah, if there's any Christians out there who aren't convinced of Bitcoin, I'd really encourage you to, to investigate, uh, what Bitcoin is and how it can, uh, preserve your purchasing power over time and give you a sense of, uh, financial security to, to rest on. I really do believe it's, uh, it's a, uh, 
uh, risk off asset, even though most of the world still thinks it's uh, incredibly risky. Yeah. If it's if it's held properly, it will go. It will do you do you well. And and it's it's really just set my my heart at ease, and it's got me thinking about you know new dreams and visions uh, beyond just the rat race. And so even though I most of my uh, you know, I, I started buying in uh, at the highs of 2020, 2021, and so yeah, I'm. I think I'm like break even right now. But um, I just the, this uh, there's a, a hope and a, and a kind of a, a mindset shift that happened with me where I just I feel much more secure. And I so uh, and I thank God for Bitcoin. Yeah, thank God for Bitcoin. Yeah, um, and and I think you, you would be the, probably the first one to you know to say this as well. But like just like the, these things are. <laughs> Like with with an asterisk on them, right? Like again, in the sense that like nothing is guaranteed. Nothing, you know, we we're not guaranteed tomorrow. Yes. All of these things, like we're we're not talking about dependability. Like absolutely, what we are talking about is like there are processes in that God has designed, you know, upon which the world operates that are designed to to provide us some level of stability underneath, you know, underneath trusting Him, um, and so there's there's. Yeah. designs that uh that are more aligned that that he's designed he's put there and he's asked us to submit ourselves to and so the reason why Dan can say what he's saying about you know having more confidence and more more trust and and not you know being as as worried on some level is because of the way that you know bitcoin submits itself to these ways that God has, has ordained the world but um yes insert financial disclosure here <laughs> yeah uh well Dan thank you so much man I really appreciate it um, we we actually we have had a number of people pre-order the book. We had a a website that we had up uh, right around the time we we announced the the book at the Thank God for Bitcoin conference in in May. Um, we will have uh, a uh, we will have another page where you can still pre-order the book uh, before before we get it out uh, later this this uh, next spring this coming spring. Um, if you're interested in doing that, now you can reach out to us on Twitter, and we're happy to to direct you to that that point. So. Um, again, Dan, thank you for what you do. This will not be the last time we have you on. Uh, we've got a lot more that we could we could talk to you about. Um, but yeah, go go follow Dan on Twitter. Uh, Dan, what's your Twitter handle? Hodling J. Yeah, Hodling J. I think it is. Yeah. Or just look up Hodling Jesus. Yeah, yeah. So go uh, go find. Uh, Thanks, Jordan. Yeah, go follow uh, the the Bitcoin CS Lewis on uh, on Twitter. That's Dan. Uh, <laughs> so go follow him and and <laughs> dude, that's a compliment, man. <laughs> Huge compliment, yep. but we are grateful for you guys for your um, for your support. Your you know listening and sharing our episodes. Uh, yeah, please just let us know if there's things that you'd like us to talk about. There's if there's people you'd like us to have on, please let us know. Uh, we're always looking for recommendations, and we've got a bunch of really interesting uh, guests and uh, topics that we're going to be discussing in the near future. So uh, thank you, and we hope to talk to you soon. Thanks for joining the Think Over Bitcoin podcast. 